0: You are listening to An Ounce. Season 5, Episode 1, Commitment with One Brown Door. Take a moment with An Ounce, a podcast providing thought-provoking anecdotes tailored with you in mind. I'm Jim Fugate, and it's my privilege to share An Ounce with you. Did your parents or grandparents ever tell you one of those stories? You know the ones. Back in my day, we used to walk seven miles to school. It was uphill both ways, and it was always raining, and the snow was at least chest deep, and you were lucky if you didn't get heat stroke. (laughs) It's kind of funny to hear them tell their stories, but okay, old-timer, we get it. Things were harder back in the day. Speaking of back in the day, I've got a great experience to share. In the early 90s, and I was working at Dulles International Airport Fire Department in Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. It was about 7 in the morning, and my 24-hour shift was over, so I was headed home. Home was about a 70-plus mile drive, and it usually took a little over an hour. And with a commute like that, I didn't want to be running up miles on a new car, so I would keep my eyes open for what I hoped would be a reliable jalopy and I wore a few of them out during that decades-long career. I hopped into my late 1970s Subaru station wagon and headed home. This little Subaru hooptie was really ugly. It was painted mostly a silverish and rather rock-chipped blue, except for the driver's door, which was an awful brown color. Yeah, it was a little rattle trap that had a very reliable boxer-style four-cylinder engine, good tires, and was about the size of today's four-door Razor ATV. Fun to drive, though it was a bit embarrassing to be seen in. Overnight, it had been snowing. A lot. But my trip was along major travel routes, and they were usually always kept open. Besides, my little jalopy had four-wheel drive, so no worries. Probably 20 or so minutes after I left the airport, I'm guessing the governors of the two states I was traveling through declared a state of emergency. They do that for snow in Virginia and West Virginia, and ordered everyone to shelter in place. In other words, stay off the roads. But it was a declaration that I didn't actually hear, because the little Subaru wagon with one round door... Well, I don't recall if it had a functioning radio. I don't recall it even having a radio antenna. Or was that the car that had a wire hanger as an antenna? (laughs) Anyway, I just listened to cassette tapes on the long drive home from work. I turned along at about 30 miles per hour, throwing snow as I went. The roads were empty, and in some cases, it was a little tough to even discern where the roads were, because they were completely covered with snow. I had four-wheel drive, a good heater, and the hideous little blue wagon was doing great. The snow slowed my commute home to West Virginia, and after about an hour, the snow was getting a little deeper, and the jalopy was not holding the road quite as well, so I went ahead and shifted into four-wheel drive. Yeah, that did the trick. I was now cruising about 35 miles an hour through 12 to 18 inches of new powdery snow over a packed, crunchy base of ice and compacted snow, and I was having a blast. Then came the first real challenge. Getting off of Route 7 in Winchester, Virginia, and onto Interstate 81 northbound. Why the heck hadn't the plows opened up the on-ramp? And as I thought about that, I also wondered, where were the snow plows? I hadn't seen a single one in over half an hour. I think I stopped and evaluated the situation for a moment, and then decided to just plow through the path that appeared to be where the on-ramp that was hidden under the fresh virgin snow and up onto the interstate to trek the last 10 to 15 miles to get home. Plowing, spinning wheels, twisting on the on-ramp, I came to realize, you know, I think the roads are closed. No matter. I made it this far, so I'm going to keep going. After about ten miles on the interstate, I traversed up what appeared to be an exit ramp and found myself on secondary roads that were so much fun. There had been one or two folks out on the roads with four-wheelers, but there was nobody in sight. I navigated to the right and off the secondary road and headed down the last mile and a quarter down a narrow, unmarked, tree-lined lane to my home. About halfway down the lane, and just over the rise of a railroad crossing, the little blue Subaru with one brown door was left immobile, sitting on top of a drifted pile of snow with its wheels spinning about four inches above the pavement. That was it. The comfortable and fun part of the trip was over. It was now about two hours after I had left the airport, and after getting high-centered in the snow about a half a mile from home, And right smack dab in the middle of the road, I was left to dig my way out without a shovel. Miraculously, a fine man came along driving a backhoe. He hooked the Subaru up to a long chain and pulled me out of the snow to a flat patch of ground off the road. I could have kissed him, but it was too cold. I grabbed my bag and left the car and walked. Three hours after the adventure began, I made it home. Three days later, I was able to retrieve my car. You know, the wisdom of that trip home could be debated. So, here's the ounce. We jump into a task, a project, a job, and figure it will take a certain amount of effort and time to get it done. Occasionally, we have the advantage of experience. We've done it before, and we know how hard it should be and how long it should take. But life is unpredictable, and it can take way more time and so much more effort and so many more resources to get it done than we ever imagined. We may stop and wonder, is it worth it? How much more will it take? Well, if you're committed to the outcome, like I was to getting home, it will take whatever it takes, and it will take as long as it takes. And you're the only one who decides whether it's worth it. When you begin a thing, ask yourself, What's this worth to me? Only you can make that decision. If you choose to move forward, find the tools you need, the people who can help you. Don't pay much attention to what the detractors think. Commit yourself to success. Just remember that it may take way more than you figured it would when you got started. But if you really want it, stay at it. You'll discover a way to get where you need to be. And that's it. An Ounce submitted for your consideration. Thank you for listening to another great episode of An Ounce. I'm betting you know some folks who would enjoy this podcast too. So share the love. Please like, follow, and share. And we'll catch you next time with a new minute measure of wisdom from An Ounce.